Welcome to the Fast and Well podcast. This is episode number 27, and today I'll talk about what to eat before fasting, before a short fast or before a long fast. So I also did a YouTube video about this in case you just prefer watching videos. It's a little shorter. I think it's like seven minutes or something. I'll put a link to that as well. Just FYI, the audio quality on that video is not perfect because I was still kind of figuring out how to connect different microphones and what microphone options there were, but I'll put a link to it either way in case you want to check it out. So let's start by talking about short fasts. So as always, start as easy and simple as you're comfortable with. So you don't need to do a long fast right off the bat, and you don't even need to do a long amount of so-called time-restricted eating. You don't even need to go all the way up to like 16 hours or 18 hours of fasting. You can just start with whatever's easy and comfortable for you. But that being said, um, before you do a shorter fast that's less than a day, it's mostly not that big of a deal what you eat beforehand. You can kind of just eat whatever you're used to eating if you want to, and then go into that like short or medium length fast. And the reason for that is that that fast is not really long enough to totally deplete the energy stores in your liver in many cases, and your body can handle it pretty well, pretty easily. Now, again, if you're not used to it, just start with whatever is as simple and short and, and comfortable as you want. But in general, here are a few tips as well that might make it even easier or give you kind of an even better experience with that short fast. It can be helpful, for example, if you focus on eating whole foods, real food, stuff that's unprocessed. And if you do that for a couple days or during the meal right before that fast, uh, before that short fast, then that is helpful. It's also helpful if you make a point of eating some extra fat and protein, especially from unprocessed sources, but getting plenty of fat and protein. So what are the benefits of doing those two things? Well, if you eat real food, and if you eat food that has a lot of protein and fat, then you'll digest it more slowly. And so it'll take quite a while even to just digest the food. So the first six hours after that meal, um, you, you'll just be kind of digesting your food. And so you haven't even really started your fast in a sense. And so it makes it easier to get through the fast. You'll also avoid having a big blood sugar spike and then the subsequent crash that can come if you eat a bunch of processed carbs or something during your meal. So the third tip in addition to focusing on whole foods and getting some protein and some fat, etc., is to eat until you're comfortably stuffed or nice and full, however you want to phrase that. So remember, this isn't a diet. You don't need to count calories. In episode 21, I talked a lot about why counting calories is usually counterproductive. But in general, I don't think it's a good idea to count calories at all or to try to do or try to be on a diet when you're also doing fasting. This is an eating schedule, not a diet, and this is also a lifestyle, not a diet. So eat until you're comfortably stuffed, and then start your fast. Ideally with foods that are high in protein, high in fat, and that are relatively unprocessed. So that's pretty much what I'd recommend for those shorter fasts. So that's like the time-restricted eating if you're doing 16-8, or if you're starting nice and simple with just a 12-hour overnight fast, then this is kind of what I would suggest. The same thing would go if you're just starting with those mini fasts, if you're just cutting out the snacks and going from breakfast to lunch, lunch to dinner without eating anything in between, these same rules sort of apply in that it's going to make it a better and healthier experience for you if you kind of follow those three tips that I mentioned. So what about longer fasts? 
If you're not ready for this, that's fine, but I'll just give you an overview of what I'd recommend eating before a longer fast. By a long fast, I mean more than about 24 hours, which is what I call extended fasting or prolonged fasting. Some people use different definitions for those. Sometimes that means a couple days or a few days or, or whatever. But just to keep it simple, I say it, more than a day is extended fasting. So what if you're going to do a longer fast, either maybe like alternate day fasting, where you kind of do it about three times a week, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or what have you, and fast on those days and eat the other days. Or if you're doing a, an even longer fast, like three or five days, or if you're just doing a 24-hour fast where you don't even go the whole day. So what would you maybe want to eat before? Well, the same rules that I mentioned earlier pretty much apply. So if you focus on eating real food, relatively unprocessed food, getting plenty of protein and fat, and eating until you're comfortably stuffed, that's going to be beneficial. As I mentioned earlier, that helps you digest your food more slowly, and you avoid those blood sugar spikes that kind of create the energy lulls after a meal. Taking that approach of eating mostly unprocessed food also helps you go through some of those junk food withdrawals that you may have once you start cleaning up your diet a little bit. And so if you can do that before you start fasting, that's beneficial because if you're, if you're new to fasting and you're just getting your first little bit of experience with it, it's going to be easier if you've already gone through the junk food withdrawals before you get into that fast. Otherwise, you're kind of dealing with well, I don't, I'm not used to this feeling of fasting. Oh, but then I also have this craving for this junk food or, or whatever it is. So if you can kind of go through the junk food withdrawals beforehand, then there are some benefits to that. Now, I'm not saying you have to do that, but it's just something that may make it even easier. Now, in addition to those three tips, the same, as, the same ones that I shared for the short fasts, here's a couple other things that are helpful when it comes to approaching a long fast, especially a multi-day extended fast. So something you can do for that that helps a lot is you can try to get your ketones up in advance. So you can try to get into ketosis, get those ketones in your bloodstream. That's because ketones are an alternative energy source that your liver makes out of fat, out of body fat and out of dietary fat. So um, when you start fasting, it takes a couple days maybe to really get your ketones up if you haven't been eating a ketogenic diet or anything beforehand. So if you just go into that fast and you haven't done anything to kind of get your body ready in that, in that regard, then it takes a couple days for your ketone levels to really get up high. But you could get your ketones up beforehand, and then those first couple days get quite a bit easier. So the way you do that is by eating a ketogenic diet, or also called getting into nutritional ketosis, getting into ketosis by the type of food you eat. So that's low carb high fat. I talked about the ketogenic diet in episode 25, including what the various health benefits are and kind of how to get started. And then I shared several food exam examples of food you could eat on a low-carb, high-fat, ketogenic diet in episode 26. So if that's something you want to get a little more familiar with, feel free to go back and listen to those episodes. So recently I had some experience with this myself. So I hadn't been doing a lot of prolonged fasting for a while. I'd just kind of been doing the daily, daily time-restricted eating or intermittent fasting, whatever you want to call it. And, but recently, um, about a month ago, I started going on a really low-carb, high-fat diet. I kind of eased into it. I did a gradual transition, but I've been on a very low-carb, very high-fat diet for the last couple weeks or a little bit more. 
And then I've started mixing in some fasting days where I'll, uh, I'll just kind of fast for a whole day so it's like 36 hours. Just a few times. I've done it like three times recently over the past couple weeks. And those were days when I was also working. I'm going to talk a little bit about fasting at work in, in the next episode. But coincidentally, those were days where I was at work. So what I did is I just ate like a nice big meal the night before. And then the morning of, I just went to work and did my thing. I got some extra salt and, and electrolytes to make sure I had that on board. And then I just fasted the whole day. And then I waited till the following day to eat breakfast. So it ends up being about 36 hours if you think about it. If you start your fast Monday night, skip Tuesday, and then break your fast Wednesday morning, for example. So I did that recently. And what I noticed was because I was on this very low-carb, very high-fat diet, my ketones were really high all the time, basically, including after each meal. So when I went into that 36-hour fast, I had these really high ketone levels already, almost as, fat, um, almost as high as what you would see during a fast. But of course, while I was fasting, they got even a little bit higher. But I was like 60 or 75% of the way there, it seemed like. I was just using the urine test strips just because that's what I find most convenient. Um, so I don't know the exact numbers, but I just know that the test strip turned dark purple after I ate and also even slightly darker purple after the, the fast or during the fast. So it really did make a difference. I, fe- I found that my energy level was really solid, um, was really focused, and it went really well. So I think that getting your ketones up in, van- in advance can be really beneficial. I was also eating a lot of protein and a lot of fat and pretty unprocessed stuff like green leafy vegetables with some meat and, uh, you know, and some other types of vegetables and potentially adding even a little extra fat just to make sure because I wanted to get my ketones up in that situation. All right, so what if you want to prepare yourself but doing a so-called ketogenic diet or nutritional ketosis? What if that sounds a little too daunting and and you don't really want to try to figure out what to eat and all that? Well, here's an even simpler version of what to eat before a fast. So a simpler approach that you could take if you just want to keep this really easy and and not make it confusing at all. So this is something I borrowed from Megan Ramos and Jason Fung. Megan Ramos was back on, I think it was episode 14 of this podcast. But anyway, she has an approach that, that is four foods for four days that they use with some of their patients. So for four days, you eat just these four foods. And that's before you start a prolonged fast, before you do, it's usually alternate day fasting is what they're doing, which means maybe you'd fast on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, or something like that. Those are the days when you would fast. And of course, this is usually people who have a significant amount of extra body fat, and often they have type 2 diabetes or other related health conditions. So this isn't for someone who's thin and fit and trim to be doing three days of fasting every week. But it's for someone who has, you know, the extra energy in their body that they need to use. So if you were going to take this approach of the four foods for four days, what they typically use, I believe, is eggs and bacon, avocados, and olives. So those are four foods. And what you would do is you would eat as much as you want of those four foods, just until you're nice and full, you know, whenever you feel like eating during those four days, but nothing else, just those four foods. So it keeps it really simple. And those foods, of course, are relatively high in fat and protein. And you're not going to want to just keep eating and eating and eating because the fat and the protein stimulate satiety. They'll make you feel full, etc. 
And you'll probably kind of start to get into ketosis even just by doing those four foods for four days. So that's an approach I've heard them talk about, which I think is probably pretty effective. And certainly if you wanted to add a couple other different foods to it, that would be fine as long as they're still low-carb, high-fat. Then after those four days, you'd do your 24-hour fast or your 36-hour fast, whatever it's going to be, and you would get some extra salt, get some electrolytes. I talked about that in episode 20, if I didn't mention that. So if you want to learn a little bit more about kind of how to supplement your salt and why you need it, etc., And then, so use the salt, use the electrolytes, and then also, if needed, use some training wheels, which I talked about in episode 13 about dirty fasting. But after you do that preparation, it's going to be significantly easier because you'll you'll probably get into ketosis to some extent. You'll kind of go through some of the junk food withdrawals. You'll kind of smooth out your blood sugar and your insulin so you're not having those spikes every day. And then you'll kind of transition into fasting, and it'll go a lot more smoothly than if you just go into a long fast out of the blue after eating like a typical standard American diet with a bunch of pasta and bread and and soda and all those different kinds of things. It'll also be smoother than if you're trying to diet and then do a long fast. In other words, if you're like restricting how much you're eating and counting your calories and all this stuff and then doing a long fast, that's going to be tougher because then your body's kind of feeling like, wait, you never gave me the proper nutrition. So you don't really want to restrict what you're eating on the days leading up to your fast. You want to eat plenty till you're comfortably stuffed, nice and full, etc., but with relatively unprocessed foods. So when I say stuffed, I don't mean stuffing your face with a bunch of junk. (laughs) I mean eating relatively unprocessed foods that are nice and, um, you know, fatty and have plenty of protein, and then getting nice and full with that. Okay, so in summary... Before you do a short fast, like less than a day, it's mostly not a big deal what you eat beforehand. But there are some benefits to getting used to eating some unprocessed, whole food, real food for at least a few days beforehand, or at least during the meal beforehand. Uh, There's also a benefit if you increase your fat and protein intake, and to eat until you're nice and full, none of this dieting or calorie counting or anything like that. Um, If you do that, if you take those steps, you'll kind of be able to smooth out your blood sugar to some extent, and you'll digest the food more slowly, and so it'll just kind of smooth things out, and, and you'll have enough food in your system that it'll take several hours to digest it, which makes it easier to get through those first several hours of your fast. Before a longer fast of a day or more, it helps to follow those same three rules. But it also helps if you get into ketosis, if you do low-carb, high-fat, and get into ketosis beforehand. Because when you're fasting, you're going to need those ketones. Your brain's going to be running on those ketones primarily instead of just blood sugar. And so if you can do a ketogenic diet for at least a few days, or the longer the better, then that's probably going to make it easier and smoother. Or an even simpler approach that you can take to preparing for a fast of a day or more is to do those four foods for four days. So it was the avocados and olives, the eggs and bacon. So just those four foods. And you could add salt, for example, but you wouldn't add much more than that. Maybe a little seasoning, like some pepper or whatever, but you're not going to add a bunch of condiments, for example. You're going to keep it relatively simple with just like some basic salt and seasoning and those four foods. That'll help you get into a 24-hour fast or a 36-hour fast more smoothly just make it kind of easier overall. 
And then you can get some extra salt, use some training wheels if you need them, and do your thing. This general approach also helps you get into the habit of fasting and feasting, fasting and feasting. So this isn't about dieting. This isn't about counting calories. It's about having some windows of time where you don't eat so your body can get a break and it can get into fat burning mode and you can get all those other health benefits that come along with it as well, like controlling your blood sugar, controlling your insulin level, helping to reduce your risk of heart disease, reduce your risk of stroke, reduce your risk of Alzheimer's, all those different things, fixing fatty liver. It's a long, 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 long list. And I've talked about those benefits in previous episodes, but these are just some steps and some tips and tricks that'll hopefully make that easier for you. So go ahead and think a little bit about your next fast. If you're doing it every day, that's fine. Think a little bit about what you're going to eat before you start that fast. If you're going to do a longer fast and that's coming up in the near future, think a little bit about what you want to eat before that and whether you would consider trying to get into ketosis, nutritional ketosis beforehand. So just brainstorm about that for a few minutes and then see if you can come up with a specific plan. The more specific, the better because then you're more likely to actually follow through and just kind of either make a mental note, think about when and where you're going to do it, or ideally write it down so you'll remember and kind of have that reminder to look at as well. If you found this information helpful, then please share it with at least one person that you know, who is one person you know that you could send this to right now. Thanks a lot for listening, and I'll see you next time on the Fasting Well podcast. The Fasting Well podcast is not medical advice and does not replace the need to consult with your own medical providers.